Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. I've had the privilege of knowing Hong Kong artist Evelinia Liang Can for the past 20 or so years. She's one of the world's useful people. She founded Art in Hospital to provide a colourful environment, particularly for children, and to also find an artistic outlet for short and long-term patients. She also provides art classes for elderly people with dementia. Back in the 1980s, and 90s, she did art sessions in the camps holding Vietnamese boat people. A few weeks ago, Evelinia mentioned she was heading over to Pok Phalam village to cook radish cake. And would I like to join her? It was only when I arrived I realised it was such a village event. Everyone was involved from the children in the morning, pulling the big radishes out and through the whole cooking process. It's also an effort by social workers from Caritas and the members of the Pok Phalam Village Cultural Landscaping Conservation Group to preserve local traditions and revitalise the village and to encourage visitors like me to come and see the oldest village of this type on Hong Kong Island. I'm Stephen. Stephen, the villagers. So Stephen what? Stephen Cho. The third generation? Yeah, third generation, yes. Um, this is the, uh, we call it vegetable gardens. They are free to, to the village, just like our uh, welcome to other people. We, we perform some uh, events and, and welcome to other media to come here to experience the, uh, the village. Like we call this is the, the last village in the cities. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. I mean, if you go, uh, so what is it called? Old Pok Phalan Village? What's, uh, no, what's the... Actually, is it? Just a Pufflum village. Pufflum village. village. It's more than um, 200 years. A long history. Uh, you know uh, the surrounding you know, the dairy farm? The dairy farm, just the opposite the village, the Bethany, the French missionary, and also the, the university hall. Uh, before that, this is a, um, uh, from the French French mission, the printings, the printing house right there. So, so the community is a very... Uh, mixed with the Chinese and the, and, and the Western. It's very yes. special, yes. And it's, uh, I mean, yeah. this, uh, as you say, this village has managed to survive a lot of development yeah. around it. Just uh, looking the opposite, the old, old dairy farm, they build the high-rise. Are you one of the farmers here? Yeah. <laughs> as no, a third no, no, generation, no, I bet you have a different, I mean, different, different, different job during the week. Yeah, right. What do you do during the week then, but Stephen? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm building surveyors. Okay. They're working for, for no, our developer. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, my, my parents still live in the village. Yes. Yes, yes. So. Did the, you grow up here? Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. And so, can you describe what kind of house you grew up in here in, in Pot Fulham Village? Uh, more, more or less the same, the presence. Uh, one story village house um, and the relationship to, to the other, the neighbors. We, when, when, we, when we were a child, uh, every, every household opened their main door, welcomed the other village. The, the interactions, the connections, the very close. Uh, we are um, regularly perform some uh, events, just like today's the radish cake every year. So what's specific? Yes. I mean, yes, we we've got here over in the background. We've got some yes. children playing that you can't, you probably can hear. We've also got a lot of villagers who are preparing food in order to make. There's going to be a rice tea ceremony. Yes. Rice there's tea. also um, a radish cake being yes. made. Isn't this fun? I mean, I just enjoy it. It's the, it's the spirit. But last year is like zero degree, right? Right. right. Yeah, last year I, yeah. I did, you know, I did 
part of it. Yeah, and yeah but you can't just it. you can't just mime taking it. It's radio, Evelynia. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was uh, Evelynia miming, taking a turn out of the ground. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then uh, look at those specimens over there, though. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good and. Is is for me is like you know when you touch the ground, touch the earth, and 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 pull out the turnip, and yeah. later prepare it together with the whole village. The spirit is like is togetherness, and we are sharing everything together. And I think that's what we are lacking right now in Hong Kong. Is and then the children are so happy now they know to, how to respect the land. And particularly when you look at here, it's like, well, I'm still young, don't touch. But the one that is already grown, that you can do it, and then we can eat and be fun together. Mm. So who's who's still involved in the farming here? Uh, mainly the villagers. Yeah, mainly the villagers. Some of the old ladies and old guys, they carry out the farmings. But are they training you up? Oh, yeah, yes, in a way, in a way, yeah. <laughs> in a way, yes. So those traditions will continue. Yeah, we want to bring this tradition uh, uh, continues. So you've got this pa- patch of land here. Where so what kind of veg other other than the radishes? What else are you growing? This is the seasons for the radish, and maybe summer we grow some um, uh, vegetables. Uh, we uh, we regularly perform some uh, one uh, one household one dish. Just make uh, every household to make their own dish. Put in the right here then. Uh, just like whole big family, they're uh, uh, serving the dinners. How family. lovely! So each each village house brings a dish, yes. and you all just share. Yeah, the share the different kinds of fish. Yes, uh, so the the relationship is more closest to the other. So how long does I mean, in your estimate, Pokfalam village goes back how many years? Um, that's not official as a record, but um, we do some uh, research. Uh, I'm one of the the, the conservation groups or uh, the members. Uh, s- uh, some um, documents in Chinese, they old uh, back to the Qing Dynasty. Okay. I think this is more than 200 years. Yeah, I was going to say, but Qing Dynasty finished in 1911, so that takes yes. you back 100. Yeah. But you say there's evidence to take you back further. Yeah, yeah. And oh, <laughs> Kim. <laughs> Hello. So this is Kim, and she's my teacher. <laughs> Uh, how to do the farming mm-hmm. and how to do the rice, do the rice growing, and this is Emery. Emery. Hello, friend. hello, okay. hello, hello. Okay, you touch. So, what are you cooking today? Today, British cake, British cake, and and also what? Lai wok bean. I don't know the Chinese lai wok bean. I don't know <laughs> tradition Hakka food. I'm not Hakka people, but the custom mainly on this village is Hakka village. Oh, so it be Hakka food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so well, how do you make a radish cake? This morning, 8.30, but in Bun, pull out the uh, radish. They, they, they are um, put in right here, wash, yes. peel off the skin, chopped, and then prepare other ingredients. So. Yes, uh, lap mei, guangdong lap mei. That means the pork, uh, in, the pork yes. and, and lap cheng. Sausage. Sausage but and... Chinese sausage. Chinese sausage, <laughs> Chinese sausage. Celery and yeah. chong. Uh, hagon. Oh, swing on your yeah. hagon, hagon, shrimp. Uh, yes. uh, ginger, 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 and so you've got ginger, shrimp, pork, yeah. sausage yeah. of yeah. some yeah. sort, and some also sort. some fresh pot, fresh right. pot. Oh, fresh yeah. pot, yeah. and then fly, yeah. steam, yeah. and make yeah. mix with what? Tim uh, Yeah, the rice, the rice, the rice. Uh, I mean, rice. 
Rice in powder. Oh yeah, so you've, you've ground you've ground it down. Because yeah. that's what I was going to ask you: is the stones that I can see well, here? This is it's good. Yeah. This is the re. I mean the restore one. Oh, so yeah. these were used. Yeah, for, for yeah some, restore for one. This one, uh, see some goat. The old villages, one of the old villages. Yeah. I they see. They donate and you restore know. how to. You can <coughs> see that the, the manufacturing company, the names, Mark Wang Gay. The master said that this is his, she made, uh, he made uh, in when he was in uh, secondary one. Cool. So cool. he. So he just uh, sub some, so he just fir- 13. 13. Just 13. Yeah. Make this one. When she, when she uh, become a, a, a stone, that means stone, stone mason. Mass, stone yes. Mason. yes. yes. So. But, so here we've got, and this would, you, do you use it to grind the but rice down? The story, the story, interesting story is she, uh, he come back to restore uh, his first uh first stone what what they call that the first uh he made uh, after 49 years the family put uh they they put it uh out of uh use uh, for many years because the the old people is at the old woman that so they don't use that that one but after we want to restore one, then we call the master back. What are the children doing over there? <laughs> this one. Uh, Our uh, village uh, traditional toys for the, for the kids. Every autumn, uh, you, you know the um, mid-autumn festival. We call this as a lantern. When oh, I was a kid, I, I put a, a candle inside uh, inside the can. So can you des- can you describe the toy? No, this one, this the. The toy is just we use the uh, umbrella, the umbrella. I mean the, the, the stick the or maybe a handle. Yeah. And uh, there's a wire to connect two cans. The cans uh, pass through the cans. They use the can maybe uh, or soups or or, or, or pot others. Yeah. So and two old soup cans. cans. Yeah. Yes. We we make a hole on the side on the on the underside the bottom. And show on the lower part. This is a um, so it's a spool that you put the yeah spool that you put. It's put on the tin. Just like a just like a wheel, and when when the keys throw, put it in. This is just a turning around. Yeah. Ah. This so is yes. Yeah. That's my. Oh, so they would. Lovely. So they put candles in the mi- yes. mid autumn festival. So yes. yeah, what I'm looking at is an umbrella handle that's got two, two soup, soup cans attached, and then a spool that would have been used for thread underneath. Yes. And then they just roll it along. Right. Oh, what great fun. That's a very, very cheap toy. Yeah. I am not in this village. No? Have you come to visit? Uh, yes. And are you playing... Can you tell me about the toy you're playing with? This is like... Uh, there is a wheel Ooh. and there is a can. You can, like, uh, trace a hole and put it... Use this... Uh, um, like a string, you can um, put it in, and then you can use this, use the stick, and stick it, use the... Stick like, tape? Yes, stick a tape on it, and then you can play on the floor. <laughs> but if it's um, like on the grass, you can't play it because it's very. You will, you will stuck in the grass. Right, yes. you get stuck in the grass. Yeah. Yes. So you so, run it on the ground. Yes. So it will broken. 
And if you play on the floor, it can be played more times. Like this. Actually, in this agricultural little area that you've got, we've been looking at the turnips and yeah. various other plants that are being grown at various stages. You've got about four children, <laughs> four or five children, who've managed to position themselves yeah. on this one cow. But they're having great fun there. They're rolling their umbrella handles umbrella with their hands, handles, yes. and and then uh, in the middle, the same man who at another very significant festival here at Pockfulham Village. The um, Fire Dragon Festival. Yeah, the Fire Dragon Festival he has. He creates the model yeah. for that. Yeah. He creates the Fire Dragon. And he he likes his bamboo work so much. We've got a super cow yeah. made out of bamboo, which I'll take a photograph of in the middle. But uh, do come if you would like to come to Pockfulham Village. If people would like to come and visit, what, how do, yeah. what's the uh, best way since you're part of the Conservation Committee? Yeah, actually, we, we have a Facebook of the Pockfulham village we regularly uh, perform some those uh, I mean those uh, guided tour to the village uh, now oh now the back the, the, the other tourism tour back to the two hours we were looking around the village to let the, the, the uh, people to look more about the history so if they want to go on the Facebook, it's in, in yes. both Cantonese, it's both Chinese and English? Um, mainly on Chinese, but a special request, we have arranged the, the, the English, English tour. Now over here we've got, um, got a lot of things cooking and uh, great big, uh, well enormous, I, mean, I wouldn't even call them saucepan lids on, on the top there. That's real industrial cooking, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. Just, you know, um, this, this is a, I don't know how, how, how to call it. Oh, wood burner. Wood burner, yeah. wood burners. And this stone... When we, uh, we, 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 we use this piece of land, the villagers uh, put it from the, from the ground. This is the river stone. Originally, this is a river right here. Right. Oh, so there was a river running through. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Pass through the village, there's three rivers. Hello, I'm Benjamin Sin. I'm the former team leader of the Caritas Pockfulham Community Development Project. I've been working here in this village for 11 years. In the first place, when I came here, I just found it um, just a very, you may say this, like a shanty dark town or urban slum. And the people living here also uh, take the same view. So uh, many of them uh, would tell me that um, they want to get out of the village. And only those who is successful could do so. But uh, later on, um, when we go deep down to their history and, and to the culture of um, how they make their life here, we find this very interesting because this almost the only surviving historical settlement on the Hong Kong Island with this scale of people, a 3,000 population still living here in their own way. In the old times that we, we used to focus on the problem of their living, say, oh, they don't have a sewage system, so we ask them to organize themselves and to make the request to the authorities. Or we would say there is a flooding problem that we, we would do remedial works after each uh, uh, severe flooding. Because this is the issue, isn't it, sometimes when you have these old areas. Um, I remember that with the uh, Beijing, with the hutongs there, that people say, oh, yes, it's part of the heritage and, and it should be kept. But, I mean, the fact is that people don't want a bathroom that's the end of the street. They want to be able to access their own toilet facilities and that sort of thing so how, how have you managed to improve that with, with the community over the past 11 years we know that in order to make people living here happily or uh, with dignity 
that we we need to make them feel like uh, there's a good place to live. So uh, we we try to ask them to upgrade the sewage system to make them to have their own uh, uh, toilet in the house. In the old times, they have only four public uh, lavatory, um, uh, that which is severely insufficient for the populations here. And later on, that we we try to re-engage the people, uh, as, especially the new and the old residents in this area. And 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 we find out that they are enjoying telling the old stories of the dairy farm, of the uh, their ancestors, of um, how did they survive all the hardship in this valley. Whenever they talk about these stories, they are they, they shine. Yeah, I'm, I would imagine it's going back to who they really are. Yeah, and and you know because in in Hong Kong nowadays people just focus on others' uh, social economic status. I judge you just by what you're working or what you are earning, but uh, no one knows the other stories behind. But when we ask for these stories, that they find out they can define what is Puffleners. Now we, we make this identity. Uh, the, the, all those who are living in the Puffland village, new and old, should, uh, when they committed to this place and regenerate this place, uh, should be should own a collective identity as a Puffleners. And then um, when. In, in a later stage, we try to ask the people to say, um, "Hey, uh, here's a, a piece of land not that uh, is uh, uh, vacated for some decades, because you know, time people just do vegetation here and and later on give up and go to the factory to work, and we just ask uh, the landlord if he's kind enough to." Let us use this place for public interest. I, I do find that so impressive in Hong Kong. I mean, when yeah. you think of land value, that you you know you've got this little field in the yeah. middle with the turnips, with the children yeah. able to run, run. around. <laughs> and uh, what I also like is that uh, you you look up from Pok Falam Village, and there's the mountains behind. Yeah, that's that's the Victoria Peak, and this village just located right in the middle of the. I would now say the Victoria Peak to Victoria Harbour Echo Corridor. That there's the, the ecology of here is so conserved. They they would see the boar, snakes, and all sort of um, members of the late nature, the big nature, came here surrounding this place. All right, but well, boar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, I mean, after 11 years. It must have been quite hard for you, I would have thought, to move on to a new project. Yeah, so the people here is so just like my family. Uh, after all these years of uh, collaborating together, and we have created a few uh, interesting experience that which is very impressive to all of us. But after all, this uh, experiments to me a social experiment that if a group of people in this city could reconstruct their own identity and they could work. Out there uh, to make the living space a better space. So, uh, why not to put this experience uh, to the other area of the Hong Kong and and try to, uh, you know, people now in Hong Kong somehow distressed or uh, uh, even in despair. So, if people could regain the hope and regain the feel of being in one of the communities and. And I, I think there's something that we need in Hong Kong today. So going back to their roots. Yeah, sure.
future. That's that's the point. So that's why we we, we collect our history and make it a history of it so a tiny community and make it well known to the Hong Kong society. And it's a surprise that people from other part of Hong Kong just you know, came in and try to listen to them. We think it's well, just a small village. It's not of any value in our usual standard, but people people find it interesting and somehow recalling them their own childhood memories. So I think that values of these villages rest here. So what are you offering over here, Evelynia? Um, rice tea, very traditional for women normally after the birth of the baby. Then oh, what, sort of makes them strong again? Yeah, make them uh, to get to get all the they said to get all the the blood pot the, the clot the blood clot and also the water that retain you know so it's a sort of almost like a cleansing tea it's a, like a cleansing tea and also after the sixth day then uh, then they will start to we will start to put all these the dates and this is called Geizi. It has another name, and I don't know what. And also, this is the um, uh, Longan. Longan is to put back the health circulation, uh, to get the wetness out from your body. So, and then it's very nutritious. It's, it's basically, it's not sweet, but it's basically, it's just a, a tea with brown rice. Uh, so you are now coming to uh, my little, not mine, is the private garden, and introducing you to my favorite spot in this village, other than my farm. Not my farm, the farm is the spring water. And then they created a dragon head, the dragon head, the dragon, the dragon dance is a tradition of this village uh, yes. every year. Yes. So the dragon from here. Uh, they start to lit it up and then we run all the way down, dance all the way down into the harbour, into the seaside, not exactly harbour. A yeah. symbol of like, you know, yes. uh, fortune, to bring fortune, to bring luck, to bring harvest, yes. to bring no more, no more disease, no more yeah. illness. And, t- and, and so this is how it, it will start from here. I just love this place. It's It's just... Yeah, it is a little village among the city. A place like, you know, if I have grandchildren, I'll definitely bring them here, you know. <laughs> to to just be more to nature, right? Yeah, and to the community. Place. I mean, you know, I mean his mom, his parents. I mean, it's yeah. they are just beautiful people because uh, they care about each other in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what we lack in Hong Kong now. We don't care about our neighbors, but in here, I can still find part of it. Yeah. Would you good. agree? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I'm very close to the neighbor. Very close, just like a big family. Yeah. My thanks to the people of Pokvalam Village for a lovely day and some very tasty radish cake. If you'd like to find out about regular tours carried out in Pokvalam Village, then please go to the Facebook page, also called. Pokvalam Village. 
I've been recently clearing out the study of late friend and historian Dr. Dan Waters, who was a regular on the Hong Kong Heritage Programme for 15 years. Among the books, I've found a number of newspaper cuttings, including this one of a Miss Hong Kong beauty pageant from June 1985, which was written up in the Sunday edition of the Hong Kong Standard. Giant wit in tiny queen chair. Twelve, they say, can be an unlucky number. But while not all the 15 finalists for the Miss Hong Kong pageant could win, one could not help feeling sorry for the losers who'd put up such a gallant fight. But when it came down to the final judgment, it was 21-year-old secretary Jia Ning who took the crown. Jia, a svelte beauty with short-cropped hair, looked stunned at the news of her victory. Amidst applause, she was wrapped in the pageant's traditional gown, handed the scepter, and crowned while she stood radiant in her chongsam, overcome by the emotion of her success. Ms. Jair's performance last night was not considered particularly impressive, but her calm poise and witty answers in last week's semi-final could have impressed the judging panel. The new beauty queen, who stands 1.6 metres and weighs 45.5 kilograms, is one of the smallest contestants to win the prestigious pageant. She will represent Hong Kong at the Miss Universe contest to be held in Miami in July. Miss Jair, who said her ambition was to become a musician, also won a wardrobe worth $15,000 and $20,000 in cash. The first runner-up was Miss Aileen Lowe, a 19-year-old assistant public relations officer who stands 1.75 metres. The second runner-up title went to Miss Ellen Wong, a doctor's assistant, also aged 19. She was considered to be a hot contender for the title in the speculation stakes. Also selected as winners, although on a smaller scale in the pageant, were Miss Ivy Sung, who became Miss Friendship, and Miss Marina Lau, who gained the title Miss Young. Fifteen contestants competed in the two-hour spectacular held at the Lee Garden Theatre in Causeway Bay, climaxing months of preparation for the show by TVB organisers. Sitting on the judging panel were Secretary for Administrative Services and Information, Mr Peter Cho, the Director of the Hong Kong Academy for Performing Arts, Dr Basil Dean, Legislative Councillor Dr KYS Cham, Veteran Actress and Film Producer Miss Miranda Yang Lin, and former model and fashion designer Miss Judy Mann. Onlookers crammed the surrounding streets to catch a glimpse of Hong Kong's glitterati, the beautiful people, hours before the show began. The press also lingered around the venue to ensure they could get in and gain the best possible positions. The audience was sprinkled with well-known profiles, including Sir Run Run Shaw, Miss Lydia Dunn, ATV chairman Mr Deacon Chu and a bevy of previous Miss Hong Kongs. The lineup began with the contestants parading in assorted national costumes culled from an assortment of countries. Purists stifled a chuckle at the imagination of the TVB researchers for selecting a Moulin Rouge's tarts dress for the British national costume. Thanks to my colleague Tom McAlinden for reading. A writer, John Bell Smithback, has written to David Bellis of the Hong Kong history website Gwulo.com asking for help in identifying the author of a poem. John believes the poem was published in the South China Morning Post around the start of December 1941, on about the 5th. He saw the poem later in the newspaper archives at the University of Hong Kong Library, but says it was many years ago. The 5th of December 1941 would have been just three days before the invasion of Hong Kong by the Japanese military. John will publish the poem in his forthcoming book called Asia Betrayed about the days leading up to the Japanese invasion of Hong Kong and he would like to credit the author. He says that it's possible the poet was from Canada, but that's just a guess. There appears also to be the letter L below the poem.
The poem is called Hong Kong 1941. Hong Kong 1941. Almond eyes a twinkle in the dance's sway. Blood and tears and sweat, ten thousand miles away. Bold and urgent captions stare across the street. Pacific crisis looming. Russians in retreat. Brightly floats the music on the midnight air. If you were Ginger Rogers and I were Fred Astaire. So, if you have any idea who may have penned this poem, which was published in December 1941, then do get in touch with David Bellis at Gwulo.com. So that's David at Gwulo.com. Next week, Chloe Lai of Heritage Group Urban Diary tells me about a documentary she's made with 104-year-old Michael Wright, who now lives in London but was born here in 1912 and was instrumental in Hong Kong's early public housing. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. You've been listening to Hong Kong Heritage, produced and presented as usual by Anna Marie Evans on your station RTHK Radio Three. There are always adversities in life. If you're emotionally distressed because of family conflict, debt, marital or interpersonal problems, and you don't know how to deal with the situation, please call Caritas Family Crisis Support Centre's 24-hour crisis hotline, one eight two eight eight, to talk about it. A bend in the road is not the end of the road. If you're willing to seek help, you will find a way. Just on 15 minutes uh, before seven o'clock, and now Samuel West reads the final episode of Graham Greene's classic thriller, The Third Man. Today, Rollo is determined to confront his old school friend over the terrible crimes he's said to have committed. But first, he has to track him down. Sunday had laid its false peace over Vienna. The wind had dropped, and no snow had fallen for twenty-four hours. Walking over the canal by the makeshift military bridge, Martins was aware of the emptiness of the afternoon. The young were out with their toboggans and their skis, and all around him was the after-dinner sleep of age. He had no difficulty in finding Kurtz's block, and when he rang the bell, the door was opened quickly by Kurtz himself. Oh. It's you, Mr. Martins. I'm here to see Harry. Harry, I want to talk to him. Are you mad? I'm in a hurry, so let's assume that I am. If you should see Harry, or his ghost, let him know that I want to talk to him. I'll be waiting in the Prater by the big wheel for the next two hours. Remember, I was Harry's friend. For an hour he waited. Walking up and down to keep warm inside the enclosure of the great wheel, 
The smashed prato with its bones sticking crudely through the snow was nearly empty. Somewhere behind the cake stall a man was whistling, and Martins knew the tune. Was it fear or 